Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was their finest. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan, and today I'm joined by Sean. <laughs> he's our uh, <laughs> he's our baby today. He's he's our beautiful baby. <laughs> what the fuck is going he's on? Our, he's our he's our uh, actually today he's our resident astrophysicist. Wow. Yeah, because um, we're gonna take a little Petri detour. That's our side pod um, within our normal pod. That's great. <laughs> um, in the news in the last couple of weeks, it's, it's been a lot of stories. Yeah. Um, but one of the kind of interesting ones was about black holes and how maybe black holes, a kind of mysterious celestial object, might dovetail very conveniently with another kind of mysterious celestial uh, phenomena, dark energy. You know, and this is kind of an interesting subject. We did when we wanted to talk about it, despite generally discussing biology. But to really delve into this properly, we kind of need to take a few steps back and discuss black holes writ large. So this episode's about black holes. Yeah. So this is going to be kind of the more general stuff, and then next time we'll talk about maybe some weirder examples of things around black holes, quasi stars, yeah. fun things like that. Uh, and then we'll also talk about this latest. Discovery, which I have to say, seems to be pretty controversial in the sense that like right. there's a lot of physicists that do not agree with this interpretation, yeah, but it'll be fun to chat it's about. high in the list of controversies today, like somewhere between Trump indictment and Erdogan. What about Erdogan? <laughs> Just him in general? <laughs> yeah, it's controversial. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and guys, before, you know, I, you're probably worried about this ahead of time. We don't want to sidetrack this conversation with puerile jokes um obviously the term black hole solicits a lot of images um sean and i've discussed about this we're gonna get it out of the way now um you know black hole wow <laughs> fill it in as you will now because and do your mind otherwise make it a black hole so we can fill it with the inescapable knowledge that is petri dish <laughs> That's a, let's get into it, I guess. <laughs> All right, so you know, Sean, we're, we're, let's talk a little generally about what black holes are, and and I understand from your notes, you. You rewrote this very frequently. I guess you came in with many misconceptions of your own on black holes, hmm? Yeah, it was, like, kind of tough. It was kind of tough because... Um, We're mostly a biology pod. So, like, how well, rudimentary sure. should we get? Well, but also, like, I guess my concept of a black hole is based off of... Um, it's like Alzheimer's research. <laughs> it's like a, a, a pretty like specific... Pit, really. it's, a, it's a pretty specific <laughs> uh, theoretical example of a black hole right so like i know the theoretical black right. hole but Where, the real in reality universe... black holes are actually quite complicated they're even hairy if yeah, you will sure which is a specific reference i don't think we're even going to talk about in either episode we might get to it in the second episode uh, no hair theorems yeah <laughs> we might get in there. all right <laughs> a hairy um, black hole if you will it came up it came up uh okay but it comes up every saturday night whoa let's do it very simply okay here's it its ugly head in the sauna that is unfortunate okay uh. a black hole is a region of space that nothing can escape from like florida for old people is that why you kept rewriting it yeah um nothing can escape from inside a black hole right. and that includes light which is why they are black right okay 
Um, but we do now have images of black holes. Right. And most of those images of black holes uh, feature a ring of light. Right. This is not because they generate light in any capacity. It's because of either what they're sucking in or because of the lensing that they're doing of a more distant object, right? Yeah, yeah. So typically a lot of those pictures are just featuring the accretion disk around a black hole. Right. So that's the gas that's getting sucked into and around the black hole. Yeah, it's getting sucked in there. Yeah. And it's forming this disk. Yeah. And that disk, depending on how massive the black hole is and how hard it's getting sucked, will kind of heat up. Yeah. And as it heats up, it'll radiate light. And everything like that. It is kind of ironic that our black holes function more like a white hole. <laughs> You're talking about our physiological black holes? <laughs> yeah. the, the Haw Hawking said that black holes and white holes should actually be indistinguishable from each other in terms of like our theoretical understanding of them. Right. Um, although white holes probably don't even exist. We're not talking about white holes today. We're not doing We're it. not. We're not doing <laughs> it. We're, the That'll fourth season of Succession is going to be great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the, the light around a black hole really only exists when it's actively eating up gas and stuff. Right. Um, realistically, there are a bunch of black holes out there that are effectively invisible. We can only really see them when they are causing gravitational lensing. Don't some physicists even think that there's a bunch of tiny little black holes just like zipping through shit all the time? Like, wasn't that like one kind of theoretical fear about Hadron, the Hadron Collider and all sorts of fun stuff like that? Black holes can be extremely small. They right. could be extremely small. Right. And there is also the idea that you could conceptually have virtual black holes appearing and disappearing. That's very um, sexy. This is what's kind of scary about physics is we're kind of stretching our fingers across many, many infinitely black pots, like virtual particles right there. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. sure. Uh, Physics is fun. Which we don't want to really delve into because that would be an entire episode itself. Yes, we'll okay. have to get into that some Well, anyway, so theoretically, black holes are this infinitely dense space that, oh. Yes, Whoa. sure, sure. You said theoretically, so we are allowed to say that. Uh, um, But right. yeah, that that is actually a little bit complicated. And so, you know, so like we said, it is an area in space from which nothing can escape, including light. But what makes that area? Right. right. And you alluded to the idea of that, which has a relationship potentially to density or maybe more broadly to energy right. within a certain amount of space. Whoa. Um, but let's talk a little bit about space-time and general relativity to make right. some of this make sense. Okay. So space-time is like a thing. Right. It's out there. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I wonder how much our listeners know about yeah about space time. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's easy to mix metaphors quickly when discussing space time because it's a theoretical concept. But it's like a it's like a big old ball of wibbly wibbly, right? That's what yeah. Doctor Who called it. Yeah, sure. I mean, so uh, it has, or as far as we know right now, it's got three spatial dimensions and one temporal dimension. Right, but. If you turn it 2D for a second and have it kind of be like a bouncy mat or a trampoline surface, that's right. one way that you can kind of imagine space-time. Sure. Or like a, a sandy surface with pits and slopes and everything like that. Right. right? And, I mean, to, to speak about a 2D surface, the general, the easy way to visualize space-time then and the relationship between in celestial objects is that you have some amount of mass, right, like the sun, that's like a marble you put on the sheet, and it creates one of those its or sinks in space-time. And the force that that creates is gravity, right? The impact of the distortion of space-time is kind of... That relationship is gravity yeah. between masses. Now you can imagine an infinitely dense marble <laughs> just stretching this latex maybe infinitely down. Yeah, so you, you and just... that's a black hole. You're, you're, poking, you're poking it real hard. Right. And it's it's kind of... Uh, With this infinitely spindly finger. <laughs> yeah, and just to be clear, like, this is, again, a place where the metaphors get really difficult because what we are talking about getting warped here is space-time itself, right? right? So that's, like, that's kind of an odd thing to think about. Yeah. Um... It's sort of like how, uh, I mean, so like when, when people talk about the expansion of the universe, that is also a kind of complicated thing to talk about. Right. Because it's not expanding out into something. It's that like all of space is becoming more space, right? There, there right. is like more space time. It's an exponential from, growth of unit of space. From all locations, yeah. right? 
simultaneously. It's, right. it's it's not like we're expanding out from something. All of it is expanding. But right? even more awkwardly, is it might be curving. Sure. Right. Yeah, so possible, so right? it is kind of a shape still. Uh, potentially. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that, what I think is really awkward about physics, and one of the reasons you abhor it so deeply, yep. is that, um, <laughs> you know, like, biology is tethered on some level to empirically provable things, and, and you're a very tactile man. I touch and, stuff. Yes, and, and you can touch biology. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas, I think what's awkward about physics, even just uh, linguistically talking about physics, is that, like, you have your concepts that are, in some cases, 100, 200 years ago, right, going, at least with general relativity stretching back to Einstein. You have those terms that I think we're all kind of semi-familiar with. Then you have popular culture, right? And like space-time is so ubiquitous in popular culture. But then you have the changing terminology of physics that models how much has actually changed in quantum physics over the last hundred. Or not, not this is this isn't even quantum physics. Uh, we're talking about a different type of branch of physics here, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all the terms I've changed in physics. Uh, you know, like what a black hole is is actually super complicated, and we're going to touch upon that later. Yeah. So, so it's hard sometimes to talk about it without slipping accidentally into um, a verbal trap. Yeah, and it's it belies this like. Unfortunately, there are certain points where the metaphors break down. Because right? because the language of the universe is not English. Yeah, it's Sanskrit. <laughs> <laughs> the root of all science. Yeah, you can perfectly describe <laughs> spacetime in Sanskrit. Damn it! Is why the Vedas, if read backwards, says Paul oh, is dead. Paul is dead. Yes, and that's where black holes come from. <laughs> so uh, you can maybe imagine like a river that's leading to a waterfall, mm-hmm. and the closer the water gets to the waterfall, the faster it's We're moving. We're describing a black hole right now. Right like now, the experience yes. of heading towards a black hole. Right, where the theoretically the yeah. singularity is at the center of the black hole right and the river is just a strip of that space-time that's heading toward that point wait, wait, what is a singularity uh a singularity is something that goes to infinity and beyond in in one direction or another so right. infinitesimal or infinitely large right. that's or, why you call it the the quote-unquote center of the black hole if you will yeah right yeah because like we said the black hole is the area from which you can't escape. Right. But that is really the Schwarzschild radius. Right, that's or... like the definition from 1915 or something. Yeah, I mean, but it's... So, like, we consider the black hole to be the whole volume from which you cannot escape. Right. Not the singularity, right. which is something within the black hole, Ooh. which theoretically is an infinitely small point with some amount of mass, but in all likelihood, is not that. Right. And we're just wrong about it. Yeah. But we'll get to all of that shit later. Probably an alien. <laughs> you got you got this river. It's moving faster and faster the closer it gets to the waterfall. And you are a fish that's kind of hanging out in that river. Right. And at certain speeds, way far away from the waterfall, you can swim fast enough to swim upstream if you want. Okay. But at some point... But you don't want to because... Life has no meaning. You're just chilling. You've you've realized, you had this brief moment of sentience where you're like, I am a fish, and you want to go into the black hole. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. But, but let's say this fish wants to live. Sure. So you do maybe try to escape, and you can do that at certain points. Yeah, if, if you wanted to. Yeah. But this fish, he's having a good time. Yeah. And at some point, there's some mark somewhere along that river, some point where once you're past that point... The river from then on will always be too fast for you. Right. You will never be able to swim upstream ever again. Right. There's actually probably literally an exact point where you could swim upstream as hard as you can and you just won't go anywhere because you're moving the exact same speed that the river is going in the other direction. Right. Right. But anything past that point, it is inevitable. At one point or another, you will go over that waterfall. You cannot escape it. Right. Right. And that line, that's the event horizon of the black hole. Right. Right. And for black holes, that is... A relationship of how much energy that black hole has. And usually when we're talking about that energy, we're talking about the mass of the black hole. Okay. Um, technically, they are interchangeable in that sense. Because um, the uh, mass and energy are interchangeable. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So, that event horizon is sometimes called the Schwarzschild radius, or the Kerr, or the Reisner-Nordstrom, or I the like Kerr, to tell people Newman. I'm actually 210 units of energy. <laughs> 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 nice and vague yeah, I like, like how some people say they're uh, <laughs> i'm i'm 31 years young <laughs> <laughs> that's great 
Not for long though, dude. That birthday is coming up. <laughs> okay, girl. I want to. I want to fish towards the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so Kerr-Newman metrics or radii or whatever, but they're all talking about the event horizon. So there's a lot of names, and the reason why there are so many different names is because black holes are kind of complicated. Um, and if we talk about sort of the conceptual model of a bowling ball sitting on a trampoline and kind of warping that trampoline space. Right. Okay. If the bowling ball is just sitting there, there is a symmetrical sloping of the trampoline surface to where the bowling ball is. Like there's a symmetry there. Right. And that is the kind of estimation. It's sort of circular. That's what we would call the Schwarzschild black hole. Right. That's like how we mathematically uh, did proofs of them. In yeah. the past, but as we've observed more and developed our physics, they're not quite as clean as that. I'm going to uh, go out on a slight limb here and say when they were solving the general relativity equations to understand black holes. In the case of Schwarzschild, there was literally a world war. And he died in it. <laughs> that is a bummer. He like did this and then died. Wow. Yeah, I know. Boner Damn, kill. But what I imagine the, the is that... infinite black hole that is... Is that they knew the assumptions going in, which is to say that this is only meaningful for a black hole that's just sitting there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, these were primordial black holes. Like, these are black holes that in theory existed from the beginning of the universe. Um, they, they, they weren't black holes that could exist at some point and be created. We're not even talking about collapsing stars here. Yes, if they ever existed, which is not necessarily right, right. Proven. That's why I'm just saying it's like a mathematical notion, yeah, right. concept. And the reason why is that black holes can have a rotation, right. and they can also have an electric charge. And hair, well, that's, well, hair is a someday <laughs> conversation. So maybe next time. But so. They have a mass, they have a rotation, and they have right. a charge. As with many things, black holes are actually... Observed black holes are a lot more complicated than a Schwarzschild. Yeah, and so if we were talking about a black hole that has neutral charge, right. okay, so no particular charge, but is rotating, then the better set of equations to understand its radius are the Kerr radii, the Kerr equations, okay? Sexy. And in that case, if you have a bowling ball that's spinning on a trampoline, then like spinning really fucking hard, you might actually see the trampoline surface kind of warp a little bit, twisting along right. with it, okay? And that is, in the case of our metaphor, literally space-time warping, right? okay, into the black hole. So it's twisting space-time a little bit. Is this, um, all this, does this serve merely to confuse the listener? <laughs> or um, are we going to refer back to these Kerr radii later? Um, I think it's mainly to suggest that... Even for listeners that have a relatively good understanding of black holes, right. the reality is more complicated, and there is a distinction between theoretical black holes and real world, like out there in the universe black holes. Why? I mean, we really just talk... Doesn't it kind of feel like we only talk about Schwarzschild black holes because the name is cool? <laughs> it's basically not a real black hole, right? So, yes, I agree with you that they're not a real black hole. Do you um, agree with me with my further point? I mean, only I think, say because it's cool. I think it is one of the more fun words in this entire conversation. But I think the real reason why they focus on it so much is for the same reason that a lot of physics classes will deal in idealized situations first. Right. right. Like when you're learning Newtonian physics, you usually first exclude drag right. uh, in the air when you're kind of solving those equations. Drag's excluded in many states now. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, my God. Hey, you brought it up. Holy shit. Uh, well, I did, so fair to you. Newton walking around in high heels. Yeah, so that's a point Wigs. for Nathan. But anyway. Newton would be arrested in Tennessee. So what I'm saying is Schwarzschild is the most idealized and simplified theoretical conception of a black hole. Right. And I think that that's a good starting point. And then you build off of there into the fact that, like, all the black holes we know about in the universe right now do rotate right so and, none and, of them are short and, and in fact we're gonna talk about this later i reference this but short black holes are supposed to be timeless basically uh the black holes that we're gonna end up talking about are so new that they're intensely problematic which is kind of where some of our dark energy conversation is going to lead towards sure yeah. yeah okay so let's take a break and when we come back let's talk a little bit about the concept of the singularity and how that is also a theoretical thing that 
physicists know is wrong. Right. Some scientists know it as the final frontier. I know it as the darkest, most terrible abyss in which we may yet find God. Join me, Werner Herzog. To the anus of infinite darkness. So, yeah. infinity, Sean. Um, yeah. That's a, a scary word. It's funny because our lives feel kind of infinite in individual moments, but we're also dying. You feel infinite sometimes? See, that's the irony, is I feel like in this episode we're kind of more on my turf than yours. That's true. Because you're always dealing with timelines, and, and there's always bells ringing and PCR tests going, wee, whereas <laughs> I work at a bar. And so, <laughs> so space-time is stretches. So it does feel infinite at a bar. Yeah, yeah in a way, customers who I like are like virtual particles. <laughs> they actually don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> they blip in and out of existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So... Black holes, like, I remember when I was younger and kind of first learning about black holes, yeah. it was infinitely dense and an area that you can't escape from, right. right? And infinitely dense was an important component of that, right. okay? And it is true that when you're solving an equation for, like, the Schwarzschild radius and stuff like that, you are basically treating all of the mass of the black hole as it being condensed down to a single point, mm. to basically an infinitely small point, which means that its density is infinitely high. Right. Um, they have some kind of mass or energy that's involved here, and that's what determines how big the event horizon is. The thing is that, like, infinitely small and infinitely big densities, anytime that comes out of an equation in physics, that typically means that equation is wrong yeah. in some kind of way. And it's the same kind of issue that comes up with the Big Bang, which is at some point, if you just run the time backwards, at some point you reach a point where the universe was infinitely dense and infinitely small. And then banged out. And then banged out, right? I mean, so technically Big Bang Theory just says that there was a time where the universe was much hotter and smaller in the past. It right. doesn't necessarily say that it was infinitely small and infinitely hot. But that's where it would regress to if you just kept the equations going back in time. But scientists don't really, like, believe that, quote-unquote. It just means that there's some point where our equations don't mean anything anymore. They're right. not the proper equations to use. Right. And that's the same thing here with black holes. At a certain size, other forces predominate over gravity, quantum forces. They become much more important. And so the issue here is that there is a certain threshold where all of our general relativity equations, which we know do not match well on the quantum level right. with what we know is the like observable right. quantum this reality. is another one of the things you hate about physics right and why you avoid it like the plague itself is is that you kind of really have two physics that work right now yeah you have general and quantum and general relativity repeatedly works on the massive scale or even just on the observable scale uh, well, observable is the wrong term, but but like on the big scale, basically. Yeah. And then quantum physics clearly works yep. on the super tiny scale. Yeah, right? atomic I mean, your, scale. Your computers work fucking because quantum physics work. Yeah. Um, and they're not reconcilable. Um, right. They, they kind of don't. <laughs> they don't fucking work. Like black holes don't really fucking work. With quantum physics, right? I mean, Stephen Hawking tried to hack it, but, like, it doesn't work, really, right? Well, to, to make black holes compatible with quantum physics would require a quantum theory of gravity, right? right? Which currently does not exist. Right. Uh, there, there, there are potential options out there, but, like, they are currently mostly untested. Right. right? There's, like, 30 years of strengthening boondoggle and, and, and some other crap, but, like, we, we haven't figured it out yet. So that's, that's why everyone's always talking in physics. That's why Michio Kaku, he's whoa. talking about like fucking unified field theories, right? Sure. We want a theory that can branch these divisions together. And it, the, so the truth, I mean, this is why, this is, it's interesting how uh, physics is, is a phenomenon of biology, right? Because like you could prove this 
with photosynthesis. If we could just unlock quantum photosynthesis, we could oh, probably prove it all. Oh, wow. Right. It's probably where it meets. That's beautiful. Nah. Wow. But look, so, I mean. Mother Gaia can show us the way. It's just like, look, so so it, it is really the case somewhere, the atomic level, subatomic level, Planck length scales, somewhere down in there is a point where general rel relativity fails and quantum gravity would take over as like the meaningful way of describing what's truly happening right. to a black hole. This is why Einstein hated quantum physics, right? Is all this like weird gobbledygook mystic crap. Uh, and he was like, you guys are trying to say my theory's wrong. And they're like, your theory is wrong, but it turns out they're both right and both wrong. I think Einstein came to accept quantum physics okay. Well, he can't, He got cooler over time. That's that movie with Tim Robbins. Yeah, IQ. Yeah, yeah. That's like and Meg Einstein's starting to chill. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get with the cool kids like Bohr and Heisenberg. I mean, I, I think the thing is that Einstein really loved intuitive answers to questions, which at the end of the day, general re relativity and special relativity are like astonishingly intuitive. Right. Whereas, like, quantum tunneling, I mean, he called it spooky action at a distance, right? Uh, Ian Schrodinger's cat is ironically, you know, is, is, is Schrodinger is, making fun of the yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, who is allied with, with Einstein. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it's all completely counterintuitive, but it turns out this is the era of, like, bebop jazz. We yeah. love counterintuition. World War II fascism. bebop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, the point is, when you hear the idea of oh, a black hole, and you hear the word infinity come up about a black hole, right. just understand that that is not reality so much as a manifestation of what we are still ignorant about. So you're saying visible black holes that we actually have seen up in the sky? Yeah. Um, they're not infinite. We don't think that they are infinitely dense. Okay, so what does that mean? <laughs> it, it, it so does that mean that... if I went to a black hole, there's like... like There'd be a core. A box big enough that I could, like, get to it and be fine. Oh, well, there is another element of this, which is space-time itself yeah. is going toward the black hole, right? Right. So for you transiting into a black hole, it might be difficult to tell that anything is happening. Right. For, like... A very very long time right i would normally say an infinitely long time but again right. we're but trying to avoid infinities here um but it would be a long enough time that you might never perceive it in your lifetime right right so awkward yeah but i mean but this I, is kind of what the movie interstellar is all about right yeah. How many black holes are libraries? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into we it. We currently don't know. But, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> currently don't know. <laughs> the movie hasn't happened yet, idiot. <laughs> but if there is a finite amount of space that the no longer singularity core of a black hole has, yeah. it would still be very small. Right. It must be small for the quantum physics to be the one that's predominating, right? Right. But it would be a very, very small finite amount of space yeah. not infinitesimally small right? highly confusing let's bring this back to why this matters <laughs> why are we talking about anything? <laughs> that's great well, well so be before we do that before we do that i do want to have a small aside which is i have been trying repeatedly and not always successfully over this episode <laughs> to raise me <laughs> to to not to not only use mass when i'm talking about black holes oh interesting and the reason that i've been trying we to always do that, do that colloquially right yeah uh is because I think in the popular conception for how black holes are formed and the the main way we think stellar mass black holes are made, it is mass. It is matter that's being compacted down, right? Right. But there is hypothetically black holes that are not made from matter. Yeah. Because you don't need it to be matter. Energy also warps space-time the right. same way that mass does. Right. And as we all know, we got Einstein's theory of relativity, that equation, right? E equals... C times the square root of mass squared times the speed of light squared plus momentum squared. I like how this pod uh, <laughs> takes simple ideas <laughs> and makes them convoluted and difficult. Okay, so uh, the, the, there's there's uh, equals mc squared, right? Yeah. That equation. That's not actually the full equation. Right. The full equation is e squared is equal to m squared c to the fourth plus. That's just the equation that Einstein sold the American public to gin up support for the war. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, the, the equals mc squared is the version where you don't have momentum anymore. Something that's not, doesn't have any momentum will, will simplify down. Quietly implied in what I said is that World War II was a bad war to fight. 
I think it's good we entered World War II. <laughs> good correction. Thank I you. mostly think American involvement in wars are a bad idea. World War II is an exception. That's good. It's an important exception. It's good you're walking it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because you're right. Some eagle-eared listener yeah, yeah, yeah. probably caught that and was like, you're canceled. When that happens, you need to really pinpoint the implication. <laughs> Really so, stretch it out. So like what? Space time. What I am saying so is long is that light light can also bend space time. Right. And indeed, an intense enough amount of light could actually form an event horizon and trap itself, creating a black hole called a Kugelblitz. Now this is undoubtedly something you just wanted to say, and we totally did not have to touch upon. Kugelblitz. I mean, is this, is this, uh, it's interesting because your next note says that these would be indistinguishable from another type of black hole since energy and mass are indistinguishable anyway. Once you have the event horizon, you can't tell if that event horizon is due to a Kugelblitz or a regular ass black hole. It's just an event horizon. So we, we don't know if we've observed one then, right? Right. We would need to see one getting formed. Or need to form one ourselves. So, so how, how do you get that intense enough of light without, like, the, the mass already there, right? Like, like so a really sexy laser. <laughs> like, like the fucking sexiest laser you could get. That's... He's <laughs> just, like, quoting Austin Powers like right now. Like a fucking, like... <laughs> like <laughs> freaking laser beams. <laughs> a really fucking sexy laser. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what would do it. That's really? how you'd get a Google Blitz. All right. I mean, is that even... Because in nature, light that we think about is mostly produced by, like, a star, right? And then a star yeah. to make light that intense is already probably supernovaing or something, right? Well, so uh, quasars also generate okay. um, in the electromagnetic spectrum and are probably some of the most intense light that happens in the universe. Right. But I don't think that they make Google Blitzes. Yeah. So it would probably have to be artificial if we're going to be Google Blitzing. That's pretty fun. Do you anyway. think that's the next stage of DARPA? There's a there's a whole bunch of people who are like maybe we can make a Google Blitz and use that to power a warp drive. That's a Google pre- Blitz a warp drive. So when you say group of people, <laughs> you mean Reddit forum. I'm on. What I'm saying is if you Google the word Google Blitz, most of, of the articles will be science fiction. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, <laughs> so, right. Um, so that's happening. Okay, 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 okay. I just wanted to say Google Blitz. How much less popular do you think science, or specifically physics, would be if instead of the Germans inventing a lot of terms, it had been like the French? So instead of like cool things like Google Blitz, it was like fa fa fula Yeah, I want to. I want to join in and make fun, but like I don't know enough French to be able to make those constructions. You don't know the term fa fa fula This grass fulishin. All right, all right. Do we need a break? We need a break. <laughs> all right, so guys, Sean needs a break. Wow. Yeah. So let's give Sean a break, and then when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna slowly we're gonna. Take Sean yep. by his black hole and drag him <laughs> back towards relevance and talk about supermassive black holes. <laughs> I think your quest for relevance here is not going to hit the mark. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it'll be in vain, but I, I appreciate the We are effort. talking about physics. <laughs> this is black holes. Like, it's funny, you know, physics is actually very relevant to life on earth (laughs) yeah some of it is yeah here's my question to you then so quantum physics the irony because quantum physics is weird because it's like more counterintuitive and freaky deaky right spooky uh but also is like underpins our entire last 70 years of technological revolution right like like the computer right or like I mean, I guess you could make like babic computers or whatever they're called sure garbage computers but like uh but, like, silicon chips and shit, right? Sure. All that requires, like, quantum yep. fucking theory, right? Sure. Okay, general relativity, what does that tell us about shit? Um, I mean, it, like, it tells us a lot of shit, but, like, what's good about it? Science uh, must always be practical, Sean, or it must yeah. be funded. G- general re- relativity basically supersedes Newtonian descriptions of gravity. Right. But that um, shit's not useful in it either, right? Because we already know we can walk. What? <laughs> <laughs> I already know the apple falls down, you nerd. <laughs> So fucking uh, planes and shit. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. And but, rockets. Okay. Fucking rockets, bro. Rockets. Think so about that. Were we, would we not be able to do cool rocket shit and like jet shit if we only had Newton? 
Actually, no, right? Because Einstein's general relativity is really important for, like, celestial objects, but, like, Newton's theory yeah. basically works on gravity as it exists on Earth. Yeah, I, I think general relatively helps a lot more in places where Newtonian physics starts to get deviated from, which is when you have a lot of mass warping space-time. So, 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 I don't yeah, know. I, like, I think I agree with you, yeah. Is, like, satellites, do they require general relativity over Newtonian? That maybe yeah. maybe there's a point where the the precision needed for like some GPS stuff requires some solutions like that or something. So what you're telling me yeah. is that if Einstein had never lived, nothing would be different. His theory's worthless. No, you wouldn't be able to use <laughs> GPS and drive around to get McDonald's. So you don't need it for something. That's what I'm saying is maybe uh, GPS. Okay. okay, maybe. But GPS. then that's it. <laughs> 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 Everything else is quantum. Thanks to Einstein, you don't need maps no more. Yeah, I'm really hoping I'm right about this. I'm sure there's something actually. I'm sure. I'm sure we're being so deeply flippant. Anyway, anyway, anyway. We luckily this was all on a break. <laughs> the following is an actual advertisement. Do you love plants? Don't be silly. Of course you do. You might just not know it yet. I'm Vikram Baliga, the host of the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives and careers of some really cool plant people. Join me each episode as I chat with students, scientists, and professionals in the natural sciences and figure out what keeps them coming back for more. We'll explore their work, the ways they got into their fields, why they love plants and nature so much, and why you should love those things too. Planthropology is laid back and conversational and will keep you laughing and engaged whether you're a scientist or not. Follow along for this adventure into the sciences and keep being really cool plant people. Look, it's <laughs> worth touching upon and probably wrapping up this episode on the different sizes and mass scales of black holes since there is a tiny bit of mystery involved here. When we talk about black holes, we're talking about individual stars dying. Um... The common way that we think about this is like pretty big stars, certainly bigger than our sun. Right. Um, eventually collapsing under their mass because their internal fusion gets weaker, their best fuel is run out, which was hydrogen, right? This contraction at first actually heats things up some and makes more energy, right. which actually balloons out the star and it becomes a, a red giant. Right. The types of stars that we've all kind of heard about in pop culture, this is... The, the size of the initial star uh, as it gets all fucked up and old is kind of what determines these stars over time and the count, if, it, if it even makes a black hole, right? Right, right. A really which a lot hole. of them don't. So the core, Like our sun wouldn't. Right. Our sun, the core would do some more fusion at this point after it turns into a red giant. And it would fuse up to about carbon and then collapse down, blow off its outer layers into a nebula, and then settle in as a white dwarf. And so, it would stay as a white dwarf for like a few billion years and turn to a Complicated then because it would look very pretty. Yeah. It'd look better than the sun does now because the sun, you can't even, can't even look at it. A nebula is beautiful, but we would be dead. Oh, yeah. So mixed bag. It is a mixed bag, but yeah. luckily you and I are both going to be dead because this is way in the future. What are you talking about? Like <laughs> you're, how far? You're like more than five years and that's all we got left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> They're indicting Trump. <laughs> um, if Just, I wanted to put a really clear date <laughs> on this episode, if you are bigger than our sun, you may fuse more in your core, like Neil deGrasse Tyson's ego. Yes, up to iron. That's kind of supernovaing, isn't it? <laughs> Before collapsing and throwing off a shitload of energy in what's called a supernova, like Nathan just said, many of these stars will end up as neutron stars. Uh, yeah, as the another the, totally crazy thing that we're not going to really talk not about. Not this time. Um, but some of the even bigger ones, like we're talking uh, from like 10 to 100 times bigger than our sun. Right. Those will collapse even further to become stellar mass black holes. Okay, that's cool. So those Oops. black holes that we see them out there, and, they have a mass that corresponds roughly and are we, to. The are we calling star. them stellar mass black hole just to distinguish them from a theoretical black hole or any other hypothetical black hole? Is like right, yeah. So so two other sizes we're going to talk about soon right. are intermediate mass black holes okay. and supermassive black so holes. So stellar mass is actually the smallest. It's right? the smallest one that we have a good conception of how it forms. Right, right, right. Okay. Because uh, theoretically, we mentioned at the top of the episode, you know, there's the idea of microscopic black holes. There's the idea of virtual right. black there's holes. There's all sorts of stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> we just we just don't know that we much ain't about talking those. about that shit. But 
What about bigger black holes, right? Because I said 10 to 100 of our suns. Right, that sounds big. Yeah. But in the scale of the universe, that's bitch shit. Yeah, so like, what about like a thousand suns, right? right? Let's just pick an arbitrarily bigger number. What about a thousand suns? Those would collapse into what's called an intermediate mass black hole. Yeah. But we have not seen one for a very long time. I was about to say, can you have a sun that is the mass of a thousand suns? No. Okay, and so, so, so that's how... not how they would form. Okay. Do, yes. we, do we have a theory of how they form? Maybe, and only because of very recent evidence, oh. like the past five years. Right. This is what's kind of fun about physics is unlike biology, where we've clearly hit our limit. (laughs) (laughs) It's the end of the road for biology, yeah. There's there's no more drugs! (laughs) There's there's a whole lot. I mean, astrophysics is actually very exciting. You can always make a bigger telescope, it seems like. Yeah, and the JWST is bringing in all kinds of cool shit. Discovered exoplanets. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) Exoplanets are uh, cool. Much like Bard, the Google AI, I also have difficulty distinguishing truth from fiction. <laughs> yeah, it didn't discover the first exoplanet, but it has discovered exoplanets. Dude, we all discover. I like fucking trip over fucking exoplanets. There's probably a lot of them. There's like quadrillions. <laughs> yes, that is the real word. Um, okay, so in recent years... There's the- definitely like like new elements are definitely like, they're like, quadrillion. It's named after scientists, quadrillion. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was named after guacamole or something. <laughs> <laughs> like new elements are stupid sounding. Like I was reading about rare earth metals for a sci-fi idea. Mm. And it was like, it was like, oh man, the moon might have all sorts of rare elements. Like, <laughs> which is the mix of okay, Out of all of those, Guacamoleum sounds pretty good. Guacamoleum. <laughs> that was pretty good. Avatar 4, dude. The way of guacamoleum. I would have so much more respect for Avatar. <laughs> if it just really went As a it. franchise, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, like I was saying, in recent years, there's growing evidence that IMBHs, the intermediate mass black holes, exist in what are called nuclear star clusters. These are areas in smaller galaxies that are kind of the center of mass of the galaxy. Hmm. So at the center of really big galaxies, there is usually what's called a supermassive black hole. But in smaller galaxies, some smaller galaxies do not have a supermassive black hole at the center. Right. Instead, what they might have... Maybe they still do have... Yeah, some um, intermediate mass black holes. So are we just assuming like a thousand suns slowly got pulled together by their own combined gravitational pull and then... So what is one option is that two massive stars, like two big ones that would have formed black holes if they had gone supernova, but two massive ones collided with each other. Right, right, right. Uh, And then... There's a term for that, where they kind of like do that cool little spiral and then... Yeah. What is that called? I don't remember. We're not physicists. But those are cool, yeah. Between a bartender who experiences space-time uniquely, like a Tramflamadorian, and a, a biologist... We can almost screw in this light bulb. So what's interesting to me is like, universal size scales are so big. They're so big, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to conceptualize like two dozen. Yeah. So like, like, thank God for eggs. The nuclear star clusters that we're talking about are like 12 to 30 light years in size. So even if there are like a lot of stars in there, I still struggle to see like how two stars could get close enough to each other that they're doing this. Right. But like, literally recently, there was a discovery of a black hole that's moving as if there were three black holes close enough to like kind of collide together. Mm. And two of the black holes actually fused together, but the third black hole got tossed out of that triad and mm. flew at like really high speeds. That's cool. Through like a nebula yeah. and formed stars in its wake. That's cool sounding. But like, if space is so big, how the fuck did three black holes find each other? It's just, I, like, it's, right, it's hard right, to conceptually right. get. It's kind of cool because, like, if we need a unified field theory for quantum and for general relativity, the, clearly God is that third thing that we <laughs> yes. need, like, a super unified Finally! Because, like, clearly God did make quantum physics and general relativity, but then was like, what if I threw this third black hole off? Yeah, yeah. He was like looking Only at everything. God explains that. He's like, there's so much space. This is fucking boring as shit, right? So, like, once in a while, 
just like this old Japanese man who loves baseball. He's like, yeah. <laughs> just throws this black hole into it. <laughs> so yeah, so, so an option is several massive stars collided okay. in a nuclear star cluster, or one underwent supernova but was moving in such a way that like the resulting black hole right. ran through a bunch of other stars and collected up a bunch it's of that very juice. Cool. And, you know, it's crazy though. For your time, as big as a black hole may seem, as crazy of a scale as we're talking about, that's still not as big as if you took the human genome and unthreaded it. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> okay. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Okay, okay. So so and and we have a we we've observed this maybe, right? So yeah, this is yeah, plausible. but it's just getting started. So yeah. like intermediate uh mass black holes, I would say are still some of the most mysterious classes of black holes that I wouldn't say we have like concrete firm slam dunk evidence of, but we're getting like better and better evidence. Okay. The last few years. Uh, and then we have yeah, but, even bigger boys. Yeah. These are the hot bitches who actually all their weird idiosyncrasies is kind of where our next episode is going to really dig into. Yes. These, we don't, we don't give a fuck about stellar mass black holes. Boring. We know their thing. Yeah. They're bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Super massive black holes. Right. We're talking the mass of billions of suns. Yeah. Like 10 to 100 billion suns. Like two Harvey Weinsteins. <laughs> <laughs> So, so this this imagine mass, that energy. <laughs> this mass is more on the scale of like a galactic scale of mass, right? Yeah. Like we're not talking about suns anymore. Yeah. Like really, we're talking about like a galaxy, yeah. right? But we don't have a model that says, oh, a galaxy collapsed in on itself to make a supermassive black hole. Right. That's not how these would have been formed. They yeah. would have been formed by a pretty different mechanism from stellar mass. In fact, mass galaxies black holes. are getting further away from each other even within galaxies right like isn't that the what's happening with fucking the expansion of the universe so there's no way a galaxy would collapse in on itself right i think i think the local gravitational force in a galaxy and even in a super cluster sorry about that guys uh babies yeah, yeah. um what were we talking about um, buckles, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, well, what I was asking was, like, you couldn't even imagine, a, like, a galaxy can't collapse on itself, a, a galaxy. Our galaxies are actually slowly separating away from each other and, and within each other, right? Because of fucking the expansion of the universe? Uh, yes. Yes. But I don't know if, like, yeah, yeah. Over, over a large enough time scale. Yeah. I think that's not going to be particularly noticeable for, like us in the yeah, Milky yeah, Way. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, galaxies, they don't collapse in on themselves. Certainly not. Yeah, yes. is that even possible? Um, so what you can have is you can have galaxies, like, colliding and shit. Right, that's and cool. There have been instances of two galaxies colliding together and one supermassive black hole flinging the other supermassive black hole out of its galaxy. Damn. So, wild shit. A lot it's of crazy shit going metal, on. Dude. And so there was just a flying around orphaned supermassive black hole yeah just like tearing it up out in space um this is where we're lucky see it feels bad how big space is because we'll just never meet aliens yeah it's just not happening yep um the good part yep is that the likelihood of these giant things hitting us very low that is true we're talking about like the odds of you finding true love in china like it's just like, <laughs> it's just like low. That is brutal. Low. These are brutal sentences. Now, you're slightly more likely to meet a supermassive black hole. <laughs> but uh, it's low. So, um, there are several theories as to how these big boys form, okay? But they have to tackle a lot of tough constraints. Supermassive black holes have been identified as existing within the first 400 million years of the universe, which sounds like a lot of time, but the universe it's, is very it's old. It's actually quite fucked. Yeah. Right? That's like, that's very fast, and it means that they must have formed and grown very fast. Right. Way faster than we normally think of black holes as yeah, being able to Yeah, it really grow. fucks the whole black hole thing. It's yeah. not supposed to expand like that. That's fucking weird. Yeah, so... It is possible... That they're filled with dark energy. Oh, that fuck, 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 fuck. these big, <laughs> dense gas clouds 
present in the fairly early universe, like 100 million years after the Big Bang, could get hit by high-energy photons from some of the earliest stars, which are called right. Population 3 stars. Right. And that this high energy would break down diatomic hydrogen gas and heat up the massive gas clouds, potentially leading the gas cloud to directly collapse into a black hole. So not forming a star first. Right, because like the... Well, hopefully the universal constants are fairly similar back then. I mean, but maybe they weren't. Physics is crazy. But, like, shit was a lot hotter, a lot denser. Like, the, all the reactions are happening a little fucking different in the early universe, right? Because, like, everything's so fucking compacted. It's like making food in an instant pot versus on a pan, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's plausible that gas could just turn into a supermassive black hole in a way that's fucking not going to happen now. Yeah, and we will talk in the next episode about quasi-stars slash black hole suns, which... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I liked that song as a kid, and it's like the only song from the 90s I hear regularly. Uh-huh. And I, I can't, I can't, can't, handle I can't it anymore. stand Soundgarden anymore. Oh. I fucking hate them. Oh. If I met them, I wouldn't recognize them. <laughs> Which is good, because I'd hit him. Don't be mad at Soundgarden. It's out. okay. It's just overplayed. <laughs> it's true. It is sad how that is. Like, yeah. I used to love Donald. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Two elections later, it's like, I don't even want him to run. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even want to watch Home Alone 2 anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, right, you <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never felt that way. Okay. I was raised right. Look. <laughs> so um, It's funny how, like, clearly the Donald Trump problem is that some people got raised wrong. Because, like, we were raised to see Donald Trump and be like, ew. Yep. Unrelated to politics. Yeah, we yeah. had no clue about his politics for the longest time. He he didn't know his politics for yeah. the longest time. Yeah. It's just you saw him and you're like, yeah, it's because we were raised right. I thought he was a New York Democratic-y Republican. Yeah. Like, like a rich right. centrist, basically. Yeah, like, beyond politics, he's clearly a douche bagel. Yeah! Yeah. And, like... And some people were raised wrong in yep. that, like, they sat around and he was on The Apprentice and the family was like, wow, look at this really smart man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the parents' fault. Yeah. The mother and the father. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Willy Wonka had good lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Think of, like, I don't think children should die. But think of what we've lost by, like, some children not dying. <laughs> like I was thinking about that the other day I was, I was, obviously I don't think children should die but I was listening to this children's song because I have a baby now um, and the song is like five little ducks went out one day over the hill and far away mother duck said quack 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 but only four of the ducks came back and you, you do the count right and at the very end there's no ducks the mom goes out and all the little ducks came back. Oh, shit. And you, and you know that, like, if we were a sane society that taught lessons to our children, at the end, she'd find, like, the bits of her dead ducklings sure. in the shit of, like, a wolf, and then she'd yeah. be eaten, too. In right? the 1200s, that song did not have that last verse. Yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. The I ducklings mean, were just I gone. I think even up to the 50s, right? And, like... <laughs> I think I think it got rewritten to be like more. I mean, it's weird because like now that like thinking about things as PC, I feel like is so loaded and conservative. Uh -huh. I don't mean it like that. I mean like Lenny Bruce, wow, <laughs> provocative and liberal. Oh shit! But like like it's so PC now. Uh, all these children's songs that are like a kind of require a sense of mortality to like be didactic in any capacity, mm -hmm. right? Like the kid needs to die in Hansel and Gretel for it yeah. to be a story that means anything. If the kids don't die, then like you haven't learned anything. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why, you know, the, the this little piggy went off to market. Right. That little pig got sent to be butchered. That's what being <laughs> sent to market means for pigs, right? It's <laughs> We would all be a lot more eco-friendly and <laughs> conscious about animals yeah. if we appreciated the meaning of that. Yeah, that piggy literally got chopped up and then used as bacon. Like, all these songs we have now validate and perpetuate the easy choices of capitalism. Wow. Oh. And our, you know, like uh, the founding principles of this nation, Sean, were that people deserve democracy because they, through enlightened thought, start to control their baser instincts. And we've lost that. We've lost it because of money, Sean. The money, it's everywhere. We're drowning in it and it's killing our planet. Is this going into the episode? It's pretty good so far. I mean, we haven't said anything like that needs to get cut yet. That's pretty nice. Okay, okay. I okay. say keep it. All so right. this, was a, this has become a supermassive black hole. That is one theory called the direct collapse theory. 
Okay, that, okay, that, right, really quick. If we do keep that, I think we need to reiterate super quickly. Right. So massive glass, gas cloud. Yeah, we're we're in the early universe. You had a really big gas cloud, and because of the unique conditions of the early universe, that gas cloud could not spontaneously could collapse uh, from a gas cloud into a black hole without becoming a star. Yeah, or a modification of direct Fuck collapse you. theory. You. Involved? No, no, that that's correct for direct <laughs> collapse theory. All right, but there is a sort of modification that involves quasi well, stars. We got a baby here. But anyway. Look, point is, we're done with this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, the baby wants us out. So we, we have these uh, early first supermassive black holes and quasars hanging out there. These are very, very early objects. Right. Um, a lot of supermassive black holes have formed later mm. in the universe, right? Okay. Not clear if they form the same way. Because these conditions, the, the conditions that would allow for direct collapse theory right. is like between like Z20 and like Z2. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? So, like... That... I don't even know what that means. That's how far <laughs> how long ago it is, right? Um, okay, so that that's... So, so supermassive black holes, very problematic. Yeah. Right? Which is good in physics. Yeah. We like problems. Because yeah. otherwise, we'd, we wouldn't have work, right? No jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. All right, everyone, look. We gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go. Little cute babies crawling around. Yeah, we around. got a baby that's like... But also... Shut up. We've run out of notes. Yeah, <laughs> So guys, so so all of this, this was kind of like a, a guided, slightly introductory primer into into the black hole. Um, very simple in theory, we hear about it all the time, but actually quite complicated. Yeah. Um, this question about the supermassive black hole, why do some of these younger ones exist at all? Mm-hmm. That is going to push us into our next episode where we get to a really interesting and controversial new paper. Maybe this mysterious thing called dark energy, which is purportedly is expanding the universe such that we can't meet aliens ever. Yep. Maybe that's all up in the black holes. Could be. Whoa, Could whoa, be. Whoa, 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 Pretty whoa. controversial. Since energy is mass or whatever. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. So we're gonna, too far ahead. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about quasi-stars. We're going to talk about wormholes and white holes and hairy holes. So you keep saying quasi-stars. Yeah. Those are different from quasars? Yes. Okay. Because the whole episode... I was like, I'm sure Sean. Yeah, why is Sean saying this fucked up? Yeah, yeah no. Quasi stars are different from okay. quasars. Are we gonna yes, get sir. really weird and talk about strange stars and quarks? I don't know about quarks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Isn't a strange star just like a, a bunch of quarks? Like, like, cause, cause it's like, it's like you've broken fucking the electromagnetic forces, right? And you're like, mm. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Physics is stupid. There's all We're kinds of crazy shit. We're gonna keep doing it. Keep There's doing all it. kinds of crazy shit, right? Yeah. Pulsars are cool. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to talk about those sometime. Mm. They don't really have that much to do with Tangerine Dream. Wow. That's a cool one. Oldie but goodie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's say thank you to Stacey Song, our Mm -hmm. sound warden engineer. We've got Twitter. We've got email. We kind of don't have Twitter. I mean, it's uh, at Dish Podcast. You can say stuff at us. But for now, Sean does have TikTok. Yeah. Is that like official? I don't remember what it's called. Is that the Petri Dish TikTok? Yeah. Well, just say your personal one then. Because you do videos on it now, we, right? There's there's only one TikTok. Oh, uh, okay. And it is the Petri Dish TikTok. I just... Oh, no. It's mine. It's personal. Dude, you got 71 followers. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, and, well, say your info. Uh, it's at Alpha MHC. Yeah, you guys are going to finally be able to see an actual photo of Sean. Um, he's cute. He's a good-looking guy. Great. Yeah, Fantastic. I mean, that, that is great. No one's going to look. No it's one's going to look. It's not going to matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter anyway. We don't post informative or useful things. I think one of the videos is of me making nachos. So, like, literally, nothing matters in the world. People anymore. definitely want that more. <laughs> nothing and even matters at all. Our, our email We're address... We're just fish swimming up a river we can't outrun, right? Petri dish potage. <laughs> we can't outrun it at all. <laughs> we don't have feet. We're, we're not outrunning it. We're not outrunning it. Um, what's interesting is if we were inside of a black hole, we probably wouldn't have any idea. Right. These supermassive black holes, when you are inside the event horizon, like, just inside, yeah. the Tidal forces that you feel from the black hole feels no different than like gravity on Earth. You would right. not be able to tell. There's no significant spaghettification or anything within the threshold of a supermassive black hole. I mean, would it would a problem ever happen if like you started flying spacecraft, or would you have to fly it so far that like without some weird physics bending thing like Albuquerque uh, warp? Fields? Oh yeah, yeah. Albacore. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, who cares? Because it's all... I mean, we're not doing that shit anyway. Look. We'd have to fly so fucking far to get to a supermassive black hole. Nobody's doing that shit. We're not mean aliens, guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you better get used to this material world we're on. This is just us. This, you, this is it, guys. You get to look at cool stuff through a telescope. <laughs> if we even get off this fucking planet, we're definitely not leaving the solar system. Yeah, That's yeah. for goddamn sure. You, you don't think we can just, like, get on a ship for, like, a hundred years and have, like, a little heat shield in the front for all the rocks and stuff? I think the solar system is, like, surprisingly bigger than... Like yeah, we we're appreciating. It, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, the, the actual... Like, because the solar system doesn't like really end it just kind of like yeah fades yeah, into this, the rest this, of all this of space. bounded idea is a little bit of an abstraction yeah there is a little bit of something where there's there's sort of like a place where the solar wind gets like kind of buffered back That's right cool. so there's kind of a wall ish around the right. solar system um but it would take us a long time to get there and then right. what the fuck for because there's nothing else out there you know what i mean right anyway. you don't think there's talia or garris Oh, Tally. There's no A on the line. You don't think there's Shepard? <laughs> Shepard, Shepard, Shepard. <laughs> All right, guys. Is it just Tally? It's not Talia? I think it's just Tally. Uh, she's, she was the hot one, right? She's like in the... Yeah. You can't yeah, see her. Can't she's, see her and she's wearing therefore, a hijab, right? Therefore, like I think hijab. she's the hottest one. But yeah. Yeah, what, what are you supposed to do? I don't like how you just like totally talked over my controversial statement. <laughs> Is it even controversial? I thought that like they were exactly modeled on that. Oh, really? I thought so. Yeah. I, well, they looks like it. Even their names, right? That's true. It's not controversial. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like an old game. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you later. That's, fucking, that's the end. See you guys. That's the goddamn end. <laughs>